to the city, baby. When you see us, so you know you really viewing greatness in the making. Double up on facts, we stating. Podcasting, cruise control, city, state, the nation. So what you saying? What we saying? Prime information. Facts, keys to the city. We are locking the statements. Streaming every Friday. And ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Clovercrest Media presents Keys to This City. We are streaming on all social media platforms at Keys to the City. Also, new shirts. If you still want, give us a message. Blue, black, and white. Dry fit and cotton are the options. So get back to us if you still want a shirt. I was just saying before the show with me, we will be joined with D. Joseph McGuire to talk in just a brief moment. And we were just debating what I should start with. And the reason why I said that is because, well, there's a lot going on right now, ladies and gentlemen. There is a lot with baseball. Baseball starting to heat up. We're going to talk about baseball. What has happened with baseball? Why has it become so soft? We're talking about not Yankees. We're talking about Fernando Tatis Jr. Maybe the most exciting and maybe right now the best player in baseball stats-wise. So won't go, relax. I'm not Talent-wise, he's, talent right he's unbelievable. And then we're going to talk about Joe Judge. I've seen a lot of people love it, hate it. We'll talk about that, dive into it, finally talking some NFL football and the New York football giants. But like I said, I came in saying, how do I want to start the show? Because there is so much going on with sports now. We just had a five-month hiatus. Now, all of a sudden, there's so much to talk about. <laughs> you think about it. We haven't had a lot to talk about in the past five months. We've managed to make it work. We've And all the support, we still want to say thank you so much for all that yeah. support. If you're a sports fan, I was just saying right before the show, Trev, this is honestly the best time. Like, you're hoping you're working from home right now because you have five hockey games on today. You got, like, ten baseball games on today. You have four basketball games. man. You're loving this, too. I mean, I mean there's, there's, there's so much to this, talk about. Honestly, this is, this is almost better than what we normally ever get on a normal year where the things are spaced out where tonight there would only be two basketball games and maybe two hockey and baseball. All the games would be on at seven, but there's games on right now. Hockey's so, on right yeah, now at 12. The NBA started today. We got the Nets and Raptors currently on right now and hockey. Yeah. And hockey. But that's what I think. I said, how do I want to start it? Because everything is back. The NHL is in full mo playoff mode. The NBA just started the playoff mode. You got the MLB. The NFL is right around the corner. But we're going to start off with the NBA. And the reason why I wanted to start off with the NBA, well, is because my team, the Los Angeles Lakers, the number one seed, also Eastern Conference number one seed, Milwaukee Bucks. Do you know for the first time since 2002 slash 2003, both number one seeds lost their first opening playoff game, which was the Spurs and Pistons. Just so happens that the Spurs won that championship that year. But my point is, is we come in, the NBA playoff bubble was amazing. The, the eight games were great. We saw Stars emerge, Michael Porter Jr., Devin Booker, Damian Lillard, who might be the best player right now in the world. Not saying he is, but right now he is playing the best maybe in the entire world. So the Los Angeles Lakers, the number one seed in the West. This is it. This is LeBron's time. Here we go. We're ready to go. Laker fans have been waiting we for this. I just had this question last week. I know. We who, who faces more pressure? Now we got a different question. Is which team is in more trouble right now. And I didn't even bring up the Bucs because they also lost to Ted's team, the Orlando Magic, which was surprising the way they got dominated yesterday. Yes. So the Lakers looked very sloppy. And the thing that I wanted to bring up, this is where the lack of shooting in a league that we, like you see with Steph Curry, you see all these great shooters, the Lakers lack it. Do you know they shot last night? 16% from the three-point line, Ted. 
But I have a 32. But also, they're two big three-point shooter guys that they acquired during the COVID. Where the hell is Danny was, Green? Was, where the hell uh, is Danny Green? J.R. Smith and then Deion Waiters. Deion Waiters played one minute last night. He can score. We know he can. From back in the day when he played for Syracuse to the years in Miami. Listen, these are guys that you brought in to play. They did not play last night. I don't know they why. Just, they just struggled. Now, to your question, who is in more trouble? I'm going to stick with the same answer that I gave you last week when you asked what players has more pressure, LeBron or Giannis. It's LeBron and it's is the it Lakers. Is it because of the matchup? Is it only I, because I, of the matchup? And, and, that's, and absolutely. And that's that's part of my answer okay. is because the Blazers right now, every game for them for nine straight games was a playoff game. It was eight games plus the playing game. Every game was a playoff game. So yeah. they nurtured and CJ McCollum and Carmelo and Damian Lillard, game time, have been in mode for playoff. Do or Lakers for and the Bucks both didn't need to do anything during this. But do you know the thing that bothered me about both the Lakers and Bucks? They both struggled in the bubble. The Lakers did not look good. Defensively, offensively, well, neither look, did the Bucs. The Bucs, that's what I'm saying. But they didn't neither have to play anything. So is it one of those things where, okay, they turn the switch off? I don't think you off. should have that mentality. I know you already clinched the number one seed, but you should be always going in like the Blazers, like the Suns, a playoff mentality. It's only eight games. You're not playing a 82-game schedule. You're playing only eight games. You haven't played in five months. Some of these guys haven't even touched the ball. In five months. So you got to get back into the groove of things. You can't just come in thinking and, oh, well, we're, we're, we're professional athletes. We're going to be fine. No, it doesn't work like that. You got to get practice and you got to play hard. The Lakers didn't play hard. They kind of went lackluster, not named LeBron James. And last night, again, LeBron James did what LeBron James does best, is doing the best he can to carry his team into a victory. Do you know he was the first player in NBA history to post 20-plus points, 15-plus rebounds, 15-plus assists, in a playoff game. Yeah, he was unbelievable. Le- LeBron does – I don't want to hear anything about LeBron. Oh, LeBron needs to do that. No, 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 no. Shut your mouth. LeBron doesn't need to – and this is coming from a guy who is not the biggest LeBron James fan. But this guy is literally doing everything he can. Where the hell is Anthony Davis? This is what bothers me. When we, when we traded for him, we knew that Anthony Davis was a top 10, top – a player in the league. Listen, he's one of the most talented players in the league. That's the thing. But can he carry a franchise? We saw no. when LeBron was out for a couple days. He's going for the Pelicans. That's what I'm saying. He is a guy that is a is a great number two option. And I know it sounds crazy because he is a top ten player, but he is still a great number two option. LeBron's going to do his thing. It's time. It's guys like Anthony Davis, Kyle Kuzma needs to step up. You're the number three option. Well, Rondo's still out, not back yet. Avery Bradley, we keep saying, we've been saying that name for a while because that was the key loss for the Lakers as a defensive presence, a leader, and he could score. And this is part of the reason why when we put our predictions down the other day, I picked the Clippers and the Raptors. I got to go go on my late. I'm I'm not worried yet. Well, one, because here's the thing. The Clippers have the depth. They have the best depth in in all of the league. Okay, yeah. we know that they can go ten deep easily. They, their second team is just as good as some of the first team. Yep. Now, if we get back to the questions, and, and I do believe that I saw. I know uh, we haven't talked about I the Bucks yet, but I wanted to. Get I just it. saw one of the guys, Ty Claxton, Lakers and six, and I, and I told Ty, you, I agree with you 100. Ty, and I, do, and I believe the Lakers will win this series. But it, how much effort and and is LeBron and the Lakers going to have to put in this series that may affect them down the road in series two and series three? Can I ask three? you something? How about this? I'll leave an idea. Is this, do you think this is one of the toughest series in all the playoff matchups right now? Well, I know it sounds crazy because it's a one eight. Listen, the this, only, is an, this is a different type of eight. eight oh, seed. No, absolutely. And if, if the Blazers had Trevor Ariza as another wing defender to be able to guard LeBron, yeah. we might really think that the Blazers, Blazers have a legit 50, 50 chance of winning this series. Now with Damian Willard, 
Uh, right now, anyone that boy is cooking. Dame time is cooking. Anything is possible right now, and the Lakers could lose. Put some respect on that. Now, man. listen. Do I think the Lakers will win tomorrow when it's? They should. They also play on eight twenty-four. They play on eight twenty-four. They do this. Oh, they play on eight twenty-four. KB two four. So, do I think the Lakers will win the series? Yes. Do I think the Bucks will win the series? Yes. The same thing happened to the number one seed Raptors last year in the East. The Magic won the yeah, first game at home. Listen, I I'm a Magic fan. They have a nice team. They're young. They have a great center, Vujacic, but they don't have the team that's going to beat the Bucs. The Bucs will come through. They'll probably end up winning the next four because they dominated the Magic during the regular season. The Lakers, this is going six or seven minimum. You know what makes it more concerning? Lakers didn't score 100 points last night. They scored 93 points. That's concerning for me. No, they scored 100. I know, but my point is, is that this is a number one seed. This is a great offensive team. you got two of the best players in the league, LeBron and Anthony Davis. You have you have a solid team around. You got a good coaching staff. Score 93 points in today's NBA when we've been seeing in the bubble this year, uh, p- players scoring, uh, not players, I should say, teams scoring almost 150 points, 130. I'm just saying, there's been matchups of over 150 points teams scoring. It's been crazy. And you- so how is a team like the Lakers, who has the talent, is scoring 93 points? That's my biggest concern. Well, because you're, 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 saying- you're, 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 listen, you you know what your stars are supposed to do. Right, you're supposed to do what LeBron James did. You know, you expect Anthony Davis to get you 20 and tell, uh, excuse me, 20 and 10 on a daily. They only combined for 51 last night on a daily basis. You got to get that's got to be Kuzma's got to be somewhere between 50 to 20 points a game. If you're gonna get, you should get 60 to 75 points between your big three. Mm-hmm. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. And then your role players are supposed to get you the 25 big to 30. You should be getting at least almost 60. 60 well, plus I said from your, 60 no, to 75. From, from your two best, from Anthony Davis and LeBron. Those are guys that are 30-30. Well, here's the Let's thing. Be realistic. Let's Those are 30-30 guys. See, Anthony Davis has to be the man in this. He has to show that, hey, listen, I got Carmelo Anthony. He's six foot seven. He's not the same 250-pound man he was. Let's take him on the block. Let's take him to the hole. Let's get him in foul trouble. And let's score some points. But the problem is, the way LeBron James plays is, if you've ever noticed that anytime LeBron James has played with a bigs, he needs a big that can stretch the floor and be because LeBron likes to drive and kick. He so needs shooters. Anthony Davis has become more of a three-point shooter than he is a guy down in the post. And that takes away from his game where I think he's he's phenomenal down there. Mm-hmm. And he can work Carmelo all day long. The I think I like what T, Ty Claxton just said. Why not take Danny Green out? What's, what's he the, has been an abomination. Atrocious. He's been atrocious. This is a guy who's supposed to be a premier defender in this league and also is one of the better three-point shooters in the league. Where the hell has he been? He's been almost MIA in this entire playoff bubble of this bubble situation even before the playoffs. I know we've been talking a lot about the Lakers and focusing. I am a Laker fan. But the Bucs also struggled yesterday, too. Both teams did not look good. And that my biggest thing is their two best players are going to do the thing. Giannis went 31-17-7. and seven. I mean, anybody wants to say LeBron and Giannis need to do more, shame on you. You're not watching the same game that we are because those two are doing what they are doing. They're the two best players in the world currently. It's the secondary guys. Chris Middleton, you're 14 points. I'm sorry, but if you're supposed okay. to be a number two Again, in this league, short, a premier no. all-star the past couple of years, then you need to be scoring 20-25 to 25 for your team. Anthony Davis, you're one of the best players in the league. You need to be scoring 30 points a game. I'm not here to see 20 points. Not here for it. If you don't, if you, 
that's the thing. Which number two star is going to help their number one? Uh, you, Which you, Robin you, is going to help the Batman? You would suspect Anthony Davis because he's the more talented player. I don't think Chris Middleton is a number two. He's a three. He's, a he's, three? he's closer to Kuzma than he is Anthony Davis. He's an all-star. Kuzma one of the better players well, When we were watching league, Kuzma that's and all the things, and when we were talking about trades, no one wanted to trade Kuzma because we thought he was going to be the next star. Not at Brandon Ingram, not Lonzo Ball. That's why he wasn't in the trade. Yeah. They didn't want to give up no, uh, Kuzma. I, and I know that might be a dig at Chris Middleton, but I think it we, is. We he's, saw, the, he's one of the we, better two guards. We in the saw game. this last year again. Yeah. Chris Middleton falling short. Yeah. Eric Bledsoe is supposed to be their number three, and that's why when the Bucks don't win the championship, I think Giannis will probably leave. Did you pick? Who did you pick? The Clippers over the Bucks? Clippers over the Raptors. I didn't have the. I didn't have the Bucks getting to the conference final. I, I, I had them. I have them losing to the Heat. Now we didn't talk about this, and I, I know you don't well, have this in the show, but I will say this. And Charles showed me this last night. I did, was not aware of this. This hurts the Celtics tremendously that Gordon Hayward's going to be out in a couple weeks. I mean, that's a month. I mean, you, I know Gordon Hayward, people are like, oh, he's not as good as he used. I mean, he's still a good scorer. He can get to the bu- bucket. He Dude, gets he's still an all-star. He's, he's still, he's still the big and, four. I mean, that's that's what it is. It's like his ankle again. Lose, it, injuring himself. This is a big loss for the, for the Boston Celtics. <laughs> Tatum has been great. Jalen Brown has been great, but losing that and other four has been a nice and, piece. And but losing that other four, a guy that is going to be a twenty-point scorer for them, who's been consistent since his pre, since his injury. Now he's out for a month. This definitely hurts the Celtics. And this is why forward. they won't beat the Raptors in the next series. The Raptors look very, very legitimate again to repeat. Not even just get to the tie championship, but to maybe repeat. They look very good defensively. I know they don't have the superstar in Kawhi, but they have a very nice collective. Uh, team around with Nick Nurse, great coaching. Well, they're, they're bench players that what we just talked about with the Bucks and the Lakers not being able to do. Van Vliet, 30 and 15. He's, he's, first Raptor players. Been, and that's a guy that's off the good. bench. Their yep. bench and role players have stepped up tremendously. Kyle, they got great Kyle size. Lowry's. They got great depth. Kyle Lowry's And they're to... tough. And they got a great coach. The mindset is there. They know where, where they're – And that's what, what it's about, the mindset. The game Going play. into the playoffs, and you said you're not – perfect. The mindset, the Blazers, the reason why the Blazers are winning and they're still alive, the teams like even like the, the Suns, who didn't get a chance to get into the playoffs, but they kept winning because they had the right mindset. The Lakers and Bucks coming into this playoffs haven't had the right mindset. They've been lackluster. They haven't been able to score. Their team looks sloppy. It's just look very sloppish, sloppy, I should say. Defensively, they haven't played well, and they haven't been able to score. And it's showing right now. Both teams are down 1-0. I would say... For me, who's in more trouble? I think it's the Lakers, obviously, because the Bucs, I don't see the Bucs losing to the Magic. I see them winning in six, maybe. I mean, we thought this would be a sweep, maybe five or six. Do they just reel off four straight like last year with Toronto and the, and the Magic, remember? Magic won the I mean, first game and then the, and the I Raptors. I mean, I think sometimes we do over, you know, look. Okay, I think it's more concerning for the Lakers. I mean, he's, I think it's more concerning for the Lakers. Just well, that's because, because their good. competition is a little bit harder. And, and listen, if they can get through this, and then they probably have to play the Rockets and then play the Clippers. Their their guys that we're complaining about and talking about right now are going to have to step up. Yeah, 100%. And, and I don't know what more you can ask from LeBron and James when he puts up 30, 15, and 15. Yeah, and, when and, you're, and when both, he has a triple-double, when you're giving 20, 15, and 15 and doing everything you can, what else is the man supposed to do? Giannis, same thing. So, what else are these two guys supposed to do? Sorry, as good, as, good as Jordan was, Jordan wasn't putting up 30, 15, and 15. Are they supposed to score – 100 points for the team to win? I mean, what do you want these two guys to do? They are doing everything they can to win. It's the other guys. It's the benches. It's 
The secondary LeBron is it's their secondary 30 years old. How much energy how much energy is LeBron going to have to use yep. no. for them to win this series? Because you assume when we watch the one eight seeds, you're like, all right, should probably go five games max. Mm-hmm. Well, we're automatically going five right now. And oh, right and, now we're both. And, going and truthfully, five. I believe closer to seven than we are. Are you talking about Six. the late? You're talking Lakers, the late. Yes. Yeah. I believe the Bucks will take care of business against my Magic. Hey, listen, I could be wrong. That's fine. I'm a Magic fan. Magic. Shock the world. Hey, Magic's at home, home court. It was the third biggest upset for in, in betting, playoffs. Betting. In playoffs for the betting and everything. Really? For the Magic, yes, right? Wow. Hey, they do have home court throughout the playoffs. Somebody asked me, do you think that's a big thing with Orlando playing Orlando? I say no, because it doesn't make a difference. It's not like they're fans. So what if they're playing Orlando? It's not their home. It's not their home court, so it's not like it's their facility where you're used to the Rams and the surrounding areas. They're in they're in the dome. Okay. They're in the dome. It's it's the same for every team. But what team's mindset is totally focused and what superstar players are going to step up? Because that's what it comes down to. James Harden did yesterday for the Rockets. He stepped up when Russell Westbrook was out, and they yeah. dominated the Thunder. Yeah. Big win. Yep. Can he maintain that? That's what we're talking about. Can guys, the bench players? I think the best thing that happened for the Blazers is, I mean, they continuously win. I mean, everybody said they had the day off, but still, they have been winning, and they've had the do-or-die. And right now, they're still in that do-or-die mentality, even though they're up 1-0 right now. Both number one seeds, currently down one nothing. Who's going to... We got to hope the Lakers. I got to hope my Lakers. But who's in more trouble? I think we both agree that it is the Lakers. Well, because of competition. We don't, we don't look at the only, ma- we don't look at the Magic as a real, I legitimate. Think I think they're a good team. Yeah. But I don't think they have enough pieces to beat the Bucks. But hey, listen, anything has happened. We've seen it in sports. This year is is the unthinkable. So why say can't that. it? You can say that. Again. And hey, wouldn't it be a hell of a story? I mean, it'd be an awful story for the Bucks, but the Magic, huge upset in Orlando. I mean. I mean, you would be happy. You'd definitely be happy. But the NBA is working. The playoff bubble has been a huge hit, success. Let's shift over to the MLB. And if our good friend Joseph Aguirre wants to chime in on this, I know we're not talking New York. There he is. Joseph, Joseph, Joseph. I know. Joseph, Joseph, thank you for joining us. The Joseph Aguirre, the host of the Roll Call. And he's all over the place. He's just He's everywhere. I know we usually talk about the New York Yankees when Joe comes on. But we're going to do something different because, well, there was a little, I don't know, incident that people were freaking out about. And I can't question, who was was freaking out? Because you told me people were freaking out. Two managers came out and complained about it. His own damn manager said something. And this is what I wanted to come in and say. I wish you And this is the question, very very simply. Has the MLB gone soft, Joe? And the reason why I say that is probably right now the best player in baseball currently – not saying he's not, but he's playing like the best. He's the most electrifying star in baseball right now. That's Fernando Tatis Jr. of San Diego Padres. He's in a little, um, I don't know, little issues, but for doing the right thing, for doing, for playing baseball, he's getting, he's getting, I, I, he's getting people that are back, that are coming after him for doing the right thing and hitting a baseball. It's unbelievable how soft. This league has become, and the reason why people can't stand baseball is because of stupid little issues like this. Well, because, of, oh, well, this is this is baseball, you know. But Come you on. Know Can I interrupt for one second? And you know I do this, but that's why I'm asking you. I wish both of you guys were able to see the Yankees pregame yesterday when Jack Curry interviewed Buck Showalter, and they brought this up to Buck, and he was he was baffled. He was baffled that even another manager would even question it. Worry about your own team, he said. 
He, he said, up. don't be down 10 runs. Make your pitcher throw a strike. Yep. It's not my fault that I – so am I not – here's what he said. So if the count was three and one and he swung and hit a home run, Still, was that okay? Bad, is he a bad was, guy? Was that, no, no. Was that okay then? Because it was 3-0, it was unacceptable. But if it was 3-1, that was okay. Like, think about that. This is why people can't stand baseball because of little stuff like that. Oh, it's America's pastime. It's baseball. The reason why the NBA is so great right now, the reason why the NHL seems like it's starting to get a boost. They've adapted. And the NFL. They always are adapting. They're changing. Baseball doesn't want to. And this is why people have the biggest issue with baseball and people can't stand baseball. I know we are baseball fans, but there are people around the country that I think, just don't watch baseball. I think Not they have. because it's boring. I know that's part of the reason. But it's because of stuff like this, Joe. I mean, take, give me your whole take. On this whole 3-0 Grand Slam, Tatis doing what he does best and just playing baseball. Well, people don't like the charisma. Ah, you know what? That's the problem, they too. Will. You're definitely right. I, I, I think there's certainly an element of that. And don't let it be lost on you that this kid's also rocking some dreadlocks. So there's going to be people that just aren't going to like that. Uh, and and the way wait, wait, Joe, we're really going to say that? No, you, you, I am going to say that. It's a, it, dude, so when the I'm rest of the beards are down to their rear ends, it's okay. But the guy it, wears dreadlocks. It's okay. a new people, people it's loved a new and celebrated that team. Take a look got, at this. People don't well, love because that. Because it's the new kid on the block. They don't like people, it. People don't love that. Look, this kid's been around baseball his whole life. He said after the game he was aware of what the rule was, the, the unwritten rule, which, again, is – Absolutely a ridiculous thing to think about, an unwritten rule. Uh, Colin McHugh of the Houston Astros pointed out that, you know, these pitchers have statistical information on what guys swing 3-0 and what guys do not. And, Ted, you bring up a great point. I take it 3-0. I let you groove one down the middle. Now it's 3-0. Now it's 3-1. Say you come back with a curve 3-1. Well, I mean, technically, isn't that a fastball count? So by you throwing a curveball, aren't you? Upping the uh, unwritten rules of the game. I mean, well, you could get technical all day about what's acceptable and what's not acceptable, but they're unwritten rules for a reason. Mm-hmm. You don't have to observe them. There's no penalty for And you're exactly right. Listen, the pitch three, the base is loaded when you're already losing. That's probably why you're already losing. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there's been a lot of people that have supported him, Trevor Bauer. Joe, if you want to show that quote from the great Reggie Jackson, Mr. October, I mean, there's been people that have, as you can see, literally, just keep playing hard, do your thing, pretty much. He's got, and, and the, best comp, the best comment that I've seen was the Will Middlebrooks comment, and he hit it on the nail, pretty much. How this guy, just think about this. This guy is apologizing, honestly, for hitting a grand slam on a 3-0 count for playing baseball. But the Houston Astros, a team that literally cheated to win a championship, is not apologizing, hasn't said one word at all throughout this whole issue that we've been pissed off about, but yet this kid, and as you said, Trevor Bauer as well, that's the thing that bothers me, is that this kid had to apologize for doing something that he's been taught throughout his whole life. But we got a team like the Houston Astros, who we know cheated a million percent, still hasn't but, come out and had a, a apology. But here's my thing. We're playing a professional sport, okay? This is not Little League baseball with eight and nine-year-olds. This is professional. Your objective as a pitcher is to get the hitter out. The objective for the hitter is to make contact and hit the ball for a hit. Doesn't matter. First, single, double, triple, home run. If you're not good enough to get him out, Shut up, because 
I love this. I understand. High school, a couple of years ago in the state of Connecticut, they used to have this rule called the Jack Cochran rule, where you because he used yeah. to back in the day when he was coaching New Britain would beat teams eighty six to seven. How about a hundred? Okay, and, and that's and that's not right. It shouldn't happen in high school sports because you just you could cause we get the point. You could cause harm. We but we're talking about professional athletes, okay? What they did in high school was after thirty five points, you're up in the second half. It's a running clock. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's fine. Doesn't mean you can't stop scoring. Just means the clock's going to run. But this is professional athletes, okay? They get paid millions of dollars to do one objective, okay? And that is to be great at whatever their skill is. If it's putting the basketball in the hoop, if it's to make a tackle on defense, if it's to complete a pass, it's to catch a pass. I hate when people are like, well, that college football team won 60 to 3. Well, didn't the, doesn't the other college team practice? And aren't they college athletes? It's not their fault. We don't scream about a team winning 56 to 7, but we scream about a baseball player winning 10 to 3. I mean, well, because this just, is where it comes and, in. And that's where I just, I, this is where it comes into play of the old school mentality. You have these old timers that come in. And Joe, you said it best. I mean, this is uh, like the new kid on the block. He's got the hair, he's got the look in general. He looks like he's going to be a star, a superstar for years to come for wherever team he goes, whether it's the San Diego Padres. Or it's another team. I just but get frustrated this, because this is what. But this, we surprised? It's 10-3. The Texas surprised? Rangers are the same team 10 years ago. They won 30-3 over the Baltimore Orioles at home, and they were still in home runs. So, like, here's what Buck Showalter said. So, after 10 runs, should should the other team just go, hey, listen, we're going to forfeit the rest of the game? Right? Like, do you stop playing yeah, after seven? Do you stop playing, oh my you stop playing after yeah. seven innings? It, because are we not supposed to score any more runs? Like, so if it was a double that hit on a 3-0 kill, that, was that okay? And all three runs scored. Like what? Haven't we seen? Te- what, what, haven't- is the, what is what is what is the answer? Get your unwritten rules and stick them up your rear, stick them up your butt. Because stick that's that's rear. really what I mean to it. Play the game and enjoy. Well, how about how about the Rangers do a pitching change? Ian Gibbup comes in and he immediately throws at Manny Machado's head. And he where, got where, how long was he suspended for? Uh, five games. But again, like, where's the – I'm confused here. So the unwritten rule of 3-0, bad, throwing at a guy's head, though, ah, go for it. Yeah, you know, that, that's the mentality of Chris Woodward, who did serve his suspension last night. And uh, uh, I was just doing a sports talk with R&J, and they pointed out Woodward was involved in something when he was a player where I guess he dropped a ball in or something uh, to benefit – t- or some nonsense. So – Give me a break, dude. This guy isn't the one that should be flapping his gums. You know, again, you bring up to 30 to 3 game. Just play the damn game. Just play the game. Play it all the way through. We've seen some miracle comebacks over the years. There's no reason. No reason to stop playing. 10-3 isn't over. The game's not over. We've seen teams. We've seen the Yankees come back. We've seen the Red Sox come back. We've seen the Mets blowing a lot of leads like that before. It's just how baseball is. So the game's automatically over that they got a seven-run lead just like that? Give me a break. I just think that's why people can't stand baseball because a little stuff like this, it's like childish. They get all mad because it's, oh, it's America's past time and it's the old timers. Let me ask you guys something. Do you find sometimes during the week, particularly Tuesday, Wednesday games, does it sometimes seem like once they get to like the fifth inning, they just start to coast to the ninth and you don't see much action. There's a lot of ground outs and just really lazy fly balls and stuff. It it starts to feel like like they don't care anymore. 
Like the sixth, so seventh, eighth inning, it does. It gets kind of a lull. And then in the ninth, you get a couple guys on. They bring their closer in, and the excitement comes back. But I notice, especially midweek baseball, they almost seem to, like, give up if they're well, if they're down four or five runs. Well, I've so, also seen that. But I was also going to say to you, Joe, is I've also seen a lot more crap go on, like fights. Like, I remember, like, a couple years ago, the Pittsburgh and Cardinals fight was, like, in the, in the middle of the week. It was, like, a Wednesday and it got out of hand because there was guys, and then they had that big fight with men in the matter. Yadier yeah. Molina, they were against. It almost like the day games during the week. It's like I'm just frustrated. I've been going all weekend. You know what? I'm on a binger. I'm just gonna well, let it all out, hang out, and whatever happens. Well, happens. We've seen a lot of this year is throwing at the head, and and Mike Trout was another almost victim of getting hit. What in the, the head guy took twice? a baseball bat and said, "You know, what? I'm coming after that, you," because well, that's, that's the same that's thing. A we- that's a weapon. So is a baseball throwing 95 mile an hour baseball. Yeah, throwing, a, throwing a baseball 100 miles an hour and hitting someone in the head is probably more dangerous than if I were to take a bat and crack you over the skull with it. I, I, I'm telling you. I mean, you're. If a Rollis Chapman threw a 104 mile an hour fastball at your face, would you prefer that or let's say Bartolo Colon swinging his bat at your head? Which one would you prefer? Bring the, bring the bat, baby, because I'm going for the spear first. I'll, I'll take the bat. Going Kyle Farnsworth. Well, and he's not going to swing going like Kyle Farnsworth or Nolan He's Ryan. not going to swing the bat like he's coming at him to take his head off, but he might throw it at him or something. But like, that's the thing that ticks me off. All I know is, as I played football. And I always said I'd rather take a hit across the middle than ha- get have a baseball thrown at me. I swear to God, it was weird. I'm scared of have a baseball thrown at me. But if you told me to go run like get slant hit, route, like slant route, and and possibly get hit, I'd be less fearful. I, and that's my mindset. I'm sorry, that's the way I feel. I just that's the thing that ticks me off is that we're talking about a kid that's is taking the league by storm right now, and he leads the league in home runs, he leads the league in RBIs, and he also leads the league in stolen bases with six. So this kid's on fire right now. He's taking the league by storm. He's only 21 years old, but yet this kid has to apologize. But we have players, pitchers, throwing at other players' heads. Not how much... You know how much I hate Mike Trout. Look, I, I I don't support people getting their heads thrown at. That's absolutely ridiculous. I do think, though, a lot of the times, you know, Juan Soto's also been one of those guys that's kind of rubbed people the wrong way. I think anytime you're a, a rookie, you come on and you sort of burst out of this scene in a big way, maybe outside of Aaron Judge, there's usually a lot of hate on most of those guys. I, I think the rest of the – and I don't even mean by the fans. Yeah. I mean really more by the players. And I think there's almost sort of a jealousy when you get a kid that comes up at 19 like Ken Griffey Jr., 20, 21, and just immediately dominates the league. I think that's frustrating, particularly for, say, 30-year-old veteran relievers you know, mm-hmm. who bounce team to team and are, are just hopeful to get a job. I think they see a kid like that, get a little hot doggy, and they think and somehow it's their place – to kind of put that kid in his, and and I couldn't disagree with that anymore. Joe, can I ask you a question? I'll ask Trevor, too. Um, and this might be a little controversial, but I'll ask it. It connects to what you were just saying, young players, but do you think it has to do also from their nationalities of where these players are coming from that put a little more – hold, hold on, hold on. A little more oomph into it? Like you just said Juan Soto, Fernando Tantis. I, I might be wrong. Someone could correct me, but I don't believe they're from the United States. They're from outside the United States. So I'll just say the, the Caribbean players down and all down there, they have a little bit more spunk, I will use the word, to their game. There's a little more flash more to, it, jump you know? to it. Yeah. So do you think that because 
you know, baseball is kind of like an old man white game. And I don't care to say that. It's not disrespectful. No, but, it's the truth. but now you got guys who are it's coming from a lot more outside of the United States. There's a lot more players outside of the United States coming in. And the way they perceive in the 2020 year at 19 years old, there's a little more spunk to them. You know what I mean? You got the no, dreadlocks. The, the, jerseys, the, the jerseys a little more tighter. There's a couple tattoos. Oh, yeah. Listen, a million percent, you know, I've talked about this on the roll call a, a couple of times. You know, when you think about who are the players who we refer to as lazy, it's Gary Sanchez, it's Manny Machado. Robinson right? Cano. It, Robbie right. Cano. It, it always, uh, Alfonso Soriano used to get that. It's always the dark-skinned Hispanic guys for some mm -hmm. reason. You never hear people say that about white players. Um, so, yeah, I do. I think there's a bit of a double standard. Also understand that most of these guys that get signed out of the Dominican, I mean, they're signing for a fraction of what these big time white college players are signing for. A lot of the times these kids almost are getting taken advantage of when you look at some of the pathetically low signing bonuses. But for them, it's life changing money, a chance to go to the to the baseball academy in, in Venezuela or in the Dominican where they get a chance to go pro. But, yeah, I, I mean. And I hate to say this, Ted, but yeah, I mean, look, baseball's, you know, a, a sport from, from the turn of the century. And, you know, there yeah, was yeah. obviously at one point a whole separate league for black people. And the integration, as we know, in the 40s was bumpy to, to be really nice about it. They just um, celebrated the 100th year anniversary of the Negro League. I believe it yeah. was this past Sunday. Uh, I think it was this past, yeah, this it past, was this past Sunday. So, I mean, we're 100% agree. It is no, 2020. 100% agree with you that, it, like we always say, it's an old-time baseball. Baseball is America's pastime, and you got the old-timers. you got to modernize this game, though, for the next generation. I don't think they, I don't, you know, don't you think really do. I don't think they ever will. I really don't. That's Some, why somebody NFL, will. That's either, why baseball, either baseball's numbers will completely go into the toilet. Yeah. And they'll have to hire some hip, young, like, 38-year-old commissioner, you know, who, like, works for Mark Zuckerberg, you know, some super, you know, in ingenuitive kind of guy or whatever to save the sport. And it would be a shame if it happened. Look at, look at radio right now. There was a poll that went out recently where, where millennials were like, I wish there was a way to get real-time information on COVID-19, like a podcast that I could get for free whenever I want it for info. Mm -hmm. People were like, well the radio but see millennials have been completely ignored by the radio industry their entire lives and now that the next generation's getting older radio's like let's go for millennials they don't even consider it an option anymore so baseball better get on this because if you don't start bringing these kids these young people into the game when when we all are old and dead and in the grave your sport's going to join us there because and it would be very sad Base, basketball in the nfl that's why the two most popular sports in our country right now is because well they're doing all the right things to modernize Listen, and get all more, these more get points. all these younger generations into your game well, baseball's just not and, and, the, and the only thing the reason why, and, and listen, football will always be number one. The only thing that ever gets involved in football right now is politics. But if we can get past that, football, I mean, the, the offense, the scoring, the gameplay, the way the guys, I mean, think about it. You let Lamar Jackson and Mahomes, the way they can be creative and dance and do their thing. And the new day and age like, of quarterbacks. Like, and like Cam Newton, perfect example. Cam Newton came in and he was dancing when he scored. And there was some mother wrote a note to him going, I found that offensive. Well, the objective is your Tennessee Titans couldn't stop him. He scored a touchdown. Too damn bad. Shut up. It's like it's like baseball. And, and just teach and your kid, hey, maybe don't dance in the end zone, 
but just and the NFL has and the NFL and the NBA has given them more leeway. These players, where the MLB is still kind of just living well, in the well, 19, early 1900s. I don't think they haven't given them leeway. The problem is they let the baseball baseball players control it on their behalf. So you get these unwritten rules that are stupid, which I would like to see them because I guarantee the sheet is blank. There is no unwritten rules in baseball, but they're making a huge deal about a guy hitting a grand slam. Baseball at its finest this year. That was a so great baseball talk. I said. <laughs> Well, because well, because we used to talk about the Yankees and all, but we're not going to talk about the. We're Yankees. not talking. We're not talking about the Yankees because once wouldn't, again, wouldn't you say though the same people who bitch and moan about participation awards and everybody goes home a winner are the same people yep. that are like right. he swung three and oh what a dick. like dude make up your mind we're either a big bunch of sissy babies. Or we're not. But you, you can't cherry pick. You just well, can't do it. Joe, Joe, it's the world we live in. We have a bunch of snowflakes, and, and, and we can't it can't be – and you, you can't please everyone. And I had a conversation because one of my buddies was like, I hope they have the football season this year and blah, blah, blah. And we are talking about stuff, and I said, yeah. I said, I hope they play and a bunch of other stuff. And I just – we were laughing about the Washington football team. And I said, I know. He goes, I wish they just kept the name until they knew – this was a, an African-American gentleman, said, I just wish they kept the name until they actually found a real name. And I said, that's because it all has to do with monies, and they have to please everyone. And I said, well, maybe they should change the New York Giants name because it might be offensive to this person. I mean, like, where yeah, do we go? really where... tall people. Oh, sure people. Like, where, do we, where do we go where it doesn't become offensive to everyone? Like, I said, you can go in your family and have five people in your family, and you won't please all five people. Speaking of the New York Giants, yeah. let's get in for the first time, it seems like this year, we are talking – Football and New York Giant football. I shouldn't say first time. We did a lot of draft stuff early in the year. Yeah. But we haven't talked New York Giant football. Let's get into it. And good old Joe Judge is already getting some backlash because of his style of coaching. Oh, my God. Here's my, hold on. Shush, shush, what we just said. Soft. Here's my here, here's the thing. Sorry. This should be no surprise. The moment Joe Judge had his press conference as New York Giant football coach, he came in and laid the law down. There's a reason why they call him the judge. I know his name is Joe Judge, but we call him the judge. There's two judges in New York now. I love it. I love and it. one of them's a jerk. Look what he did to Daniel Jones. He made him run laps. <laughs> made the coaches <laughs> run laps. Do you know he's making coaches run laps? Who does that? That's I'm, crazy time. Here's my, hold on. Here's my, th- here's, my th- here's my thing that I'm happy about this. That I like that he's doing this. The New York Giants... I'm sorry, but when's the last time the New York Giants have been relevant in the NFL? Let's go back to 2017. Joe, do you know what their record is since 2017? Take a guess. Just take a quick guess. I'll 12 and 36. Did you know that? Or are you just – did you I'm actually – I'm reading oh, the crawler that I created. Oh, of course 12, I'm – They're 12 and 36 <laughs> for a damn reason. They're not a good team. They've been sloppy. They've been making mistakes and undisciplined. And the coaches, look at the two head coaches that they've had. Ben McAdoo looked like a wackadoo. I mean, for goodness sake, when he got in his press conference, he had a suit like this. He was wearing a freaking suit that was bigger than him. And then Pat Shermer, well, we don't need to get into Pat Shermer because he was just a bum anyway. So Joe Judge comes in. Oh, well, here we go. The Belichick trade. Here we go. Going to be the next Belichick. No. Why can't he just be Joe Judge? Why can't we have a guy? We haven't had a guy since, hmm, let's see, Tom Coughlin. Well, that worked when he was a hard ass. Hmm, Bill Parcells. Hmm, did that work? Yeah, I think so. Did guys like Ben McAdoo or Pat Shermer work? 
Hmm, let's see. No, they were gone in a matter two coaches in three years. Well, he's but we got play, but we got former players like Shannon Sharp, who probably didn't even care about practice, like a Booby Miles or something like that. No, I bet you Mike Shanahan, when he was running the show, was really hard when she but here's the thing. Shannon's coming from a new age now where he's trying to speak of 20. But he's not a new because I, I guarantee he's, not in a, he's an old school guy. He played in the yes, 90s, but his, early 2000s. He came in in a time where football was a man's game. It's all different but now. But here's the thing. It's all completely different. Joe Judge different. is trying to earn respect. Now, you could say you could do it in a multiple facet of ways. Listen, and you just said, well, he comes from the Belichick tree. Guess what? I don't care about what the, all the other guys have done, but if I can get partial of what Bill Belichick has done for the Patriots – well, wouldn't you grab everything you can get from that and take? Don't you? The success has worked for them. We have talked and complained about the Patriot way for years, but all I've seen is Super Bowls. That's all I've seen. Winning. The, I've seen winning. They're, they're either in the Super Bowl and winning, or they're in the Super Bowl and losing. But they're in the Super Bowl. The Giants can't get out of their own way, and that's the problem. They've become a complete. Listen, yeah. I like it. Now, listen, as a player in 2020, would I be a little more resentment? Because I'm like, who the hell is this guy? He's going to start making me run laps. Like, what is this, high school football again? I got to earn my keep. I do like the no names on the plate. Because there used to be, there was a quote from Joe Paterno, and I wish I had it. It was something where, I don't need names on your jerseys to know who you are. I know who you are by the way you perform on the field. It was something to that sort of how you move, like Joe Judge was saying, and how you, you know, like that, you know that guy. Like, I don't need to know that's Trevor Keyes. I, I just watch the way he performs. You know who that guy – because here's the point. If you're good enough, people will find you and they will know who you are. If you're not good enough, you don't deserve it. I, I wrote down a quick uh, quote of what he said during his little brief press conference after practice. He said from why they was running laps, even coaches and stuff, he said there are consequences on the field for making mistakes. In a game, it'll cost you 5, 10, 15 yards. In practice, there needs to be consequences, so we learn how to deal with our mistakes. They're just deal. This is what the Giants have to do. They have to clean up their mistakes because they have been sloppy for years. We always bitch and moan about the Giants' sloppiness. We always have complained about having a coach like Shermer or having a guy like McAdoo. Why all of a sudden we have a guy like this that's different? A guy says, I don't know, Bill Parcells, Tom Coughlin. Yes, those guys came in at heart, heart, as hard asses and didn't like it. But in the end, were Giant fans, hold on, were Giant fans happy with the results? Just just ask that question to yourself, Giant fans. Well, he, For all the people that want to complain yeah, about the thing, it. We said practice should be harder than the game, so then when you get to the game, the game is easy. And I can't think of the coach. Joe, help me out. The 1980 Olympic USA coach. Help me out. Um, oh, Herb Brooks. Mel, Mel Brooks. Mel Brooks. If you watch the movie, Herb. Her, her, oh, Herb, Herb Brooks. Mel Brooks. No, oh, Mel Brooks. Well, comedian. He's an actor. No, I love Mel Brooks. I'm sorry. <laughs> Herb Brooks, he made practice. Remember, he made practice so hard that the guys almost resented him. But what did oh, it do? Yeah. It, brought, it brought the players and the team together. Now, I know I'm that's 19, I know that's 40 years ago. And you're going to say, well, Ted, this is this is a new age. Absolutely. But it it can bring a team together. we got a lot of young players on this team. There's not a lot of veterans on this team. One of the youngest teams in the NFL, actually. So if the players are like, you know what, screw the coach, but you know what, we got to figure out how to get this together so we don't make mistakes, so he doesn't uh, punish us, it's only going to make them when week one comes and be like, you know what, this game is easy. Shit, practice on Tuesday was a hell of a lot harder than it was on on Sunday. I mean, look. I mean, look at the Remember the Titans. I'll even go with the movie Remember the Titans. He pushed them so hard, and look what they became. They were, they were perfect. They were champions. That's what. Look, they don't need to have names. Joe Judge knows who Saquon Barkley is. Joe Judge knows who Daniel Jones is. Joe Judge knows Sterling Shepard and the rest of the crew. He knows all these guys. Evan Ingram. 
He knows what these guys are. He knows how they play. It's okay, ladies and gentlemen. We have a guy that is going to bring us into a new day and age. And the greatest thing about that I love about Joe Judge, he hasn't changed his philosophy since coming. He hasn't changed who he has been since becoming the New York Giant head coach in his press conference. I mean, we record, we loved it, every second of it. And he's like, oh, it's a typical coach just saying the good things. No, well, he's still doing that. We're in August right now. He's still doing that. He's making, he's holding, holding these players oh. accountable for their actions. He's holding mistake. court, Joe. He's <laughs> holding in court. He's in court. Joe, how do you feel? about? I know we haven't even asked you, but how do you feel about this, honestly? Look, the Giants had seven co-captains last year. Only one of them is returning in 2020, that being Saquon Barkley, one of only two players on this entire roster who's been to a Pro Bowl. None of these guys has ever been in a playoff game. I mean, the the Giants, if there's a team, and you mentioned it being one of the younger teams in the league, if there's a team that needs this sort of uh, military discipline, it's going to be the Giants. Obviously, there was people complaining. That's clearly why the media picked up on the story, uh, one would have to assume. But, you know, let me ask you this. I know you guys played high school ball. I did, too. Uh, and our coaches worked us like we were in the military. And mm-hmm. there was obviously a lot of laps and, and suicides and, and, and all that kind of crazy stuff. I had played in college, too. I know the punishments there. Oh, there yeah. were times where I hated my coach's guts. But now, yeah. as an old person at 45 years old, you know, some some 25 years later, I, I I look back and I and I have nothing but love for the way those guys whooped us in the shape. I mean, they obviously cared more than we did, and maybe we didn't know that. I think when you're getting tough love, look at the whole situation with Tom Coughlin, where Tiki retired, Michael Strahan basically formed a rebellion against <laughs> Coughlin, and then a couple of years later, Strahan was like, "Oh, I get it." I get what you did, and now we're champions. How about LT with Belichick? When LT, I mean, I watched the Bill and Bill finally a couple weeks ago, and he was just saying LT didn't really like Belichick at first, and then guess what? At the end, he hated his guts. He respected. Oh yeah, him. he loves. I'm telling you, tough love is is something where you're not gonna love the person while they're doing it. You're not gonna realize you don't get the it until until much later on. You can relate this to just life. Yeah, just general thing. You have kids, Joe. We don't have kids, but. How many times you your kids probably ask you something and you have to say the word no and they're like, what? What did you just say to me, Dad? Or if they you make okay, no, okay. no, you can't. I can't go out late night. I can't do if this. They do I rarely wrong. ever say no, and when I do, that look on their face. Oh, and then no. I think back to when you're, I, you're, when you're my dad said no. I get my kids everything. They're spoiled so the, rotten. So the wife is a disappointment. So, so, so let me guess. Jess is the one that says no, and Joe is the yes. Yeah. Like she's the, the one that makes them run laps. Mom and dad was Yeah, my mom, my mom, mom was a no. And, mom and dad was no is her favorite word. She still says no. She mom, still we have to say no. We can't have it. And look at us now. 33 and 27, we're still getting no by our mom. It's just how – it's also, like you said, that a life message. If you make mistakes, you will pay the consequences. And that's how it is in life in general. If you get in trouble, you do something wrong, you're going to pay the consequence. Listen, if you're a 320-pound lineman and you hate running wind sprints and you're going to run wind sprints for every false start or holding that you do in practice, do I, bet you're, I bet you're going to work on your technique real good. Yeah, don't do you it. Know? If, you don't, if, yeah. you don't want to, if you don't want to run in practice, if you don't want to be doing laps, do the right thing. Do the yeah. right damn thing. And people need to understand it. This is an exciting time for me as a Giant fan because I know they're not going to be – they're going to be good this year, but guess what? The future looks good, and I really do believe that they found their new type of coach, like a Bilicek, like a 
Parcells or a Coughlin. I'm not saying he's going to be, but right now I'm loving what I'm seeing. I'm more excited than I have been with this coach than I have with McAdoo or Sherman. And maybe Joe Judge is being the hard ass, but maybe like Jason Garrett and the defensive coordinator are being the softer guys. You know what I mean? Like the players are more correlated. Like he's the head coach, so he's got to set the tone for everyone else. But sometimes you've seen this where the head coach will be the real hard ass, but you'll have like your personal coach, like your wide receiver coach, where you have, you develop that connection and your real coach, and he's a little easier, and you go to him and you build that rapport. So, you know, there's always got to be one, like I always say, if you have five chiefs, you have no chiefs. But one chief and a bunch of Indians, it's really good. That old saying, too many leaders, you have no leaders. One leader. Is that a saying? It is a saying. Okay. It's a long, long, long-winded state. It's this, but it well, is. Else? It is. Yeah, it is true. I always spell everything out for like twenty words instead of just being able. At to least, put it hey, at words. least he's consistent. I gotta give Ted that. At least he's consistent. But if you're a Giant fan, you gotta be excited. Giant yeah. players. It's my education. Like, education. Can I get a sandwich? Here's my thing. The Giants, like you said, tough love. They might not like it right now, but guess what? They're gonna respect Joe Judge. They're gonna love it in the end because guess what? As all Giant fans, if the team wins in the in the end. That's all that matters. Did we care? Did we care that Parcells came in and kind of was a hard ass? Yeah, first. But did we win? Who cares? What happened? Coughlin, same thing. What happened? We won. That's all that matters. It's about winning. We're not saying he's going to be Bill Belichick, but he's going to be Joe Judge. And it doesn't mean he won't whiten up like Coughlin did. Once oh, he remember builds, Coughlin? He was once oh, he Coughlin. Builds, But once he builds yeah. the rapport and respect, he's a new coach. He hasn't earned any stripes. If this yep. was, and it's got to be very tough for him during this whole pandemic because he hasn't been able yeah. to sit. He's finally seeing his team. If this was, Andy, about if that. this was Andy Reid walking to the Giants, he probably wouldn't be doing this. But people and the players would be like, "That's Andy Reid. He's he's built. He has Hall of Famer Andy Reid. There's, exactly. there's a respect. Yeah. Joe Judge hasn't really earned anything. So he is trying to build a rapport and respect, and then he will move on, and he'll probably get easier as the season goes on. But it's. You know how it is. The grueling August. Once the season goes down, he'll probably become a little bit easier. It's about maturing as a team, becoming a team, respecting each other, and working your asses off and stop making the mistakes that the New York Giants have been for quite some time now. There's a reason why they've been bad because of the sloppy play. Joe Judge, I'm excited for it. I can't wait to see what the future holds for Big Blue. That's all we can ask for, right? We got a new we got a new sheriff in town. His name is Joe Judge, and I can't wait to see it. Joseph as always, buddy. Thank you. Thanks for having me on, guys. Pleasure as always. Of course. We'll talk. We'll see you soon. We'll talk some New York Yankee baseball. We'll see how the Yankees do tonight against the Rays and this series with the Rays. But, ladies and gentlemen, like I said, we're streaming on all social media platforms at Keys of the City. If you want new shirts, message us. Blue, black, or white. Dry fit or cotton are the options. So, if you want some, they're nice. We're looking to get some sweatshirts soon because it is getting colder. The, I'm sorry, Ted, but the fall is coming sooner or later. I'm wearing a hoodie right now. You're wearing one of it. I'm wearing a hoodie right now. So if you want hoodies, and Ted, if you want one of these shirts, we'll try to find you as well one of those. But ladies and gentlemen, thank you for the support. Thank you for watching. Clovercrest Media presents Keys to the City. We are out. Yeah. Keys to the city, baby. When you see us, so you know you really viewing greatness in the making. Double up on facts, we stating Podcasting, cruise control, city, state, the nation So what you saying, what we saying, prime information Facts, keys to the city, we're locking the statements Streaming every Friday